morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Saturday, 10.10 a.m. So come on out here and join me. gentlemen and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Let's start by getting those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners, my guests, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, I hope everybody out there had a uh, good week. Uh, this was my first week back uh, to work. And now I'm off today, obviously, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, back to work on Tuesday. Um, so back um, you know, when schools were out for the, for the uh, Christmas holidays, um, the plan was to have uh, public school students back in classroom on the 11th of this month. Now, and they were to do online learning from um, January 4th until the 11th, so they'd be back in school. High school students would return back on January the 25th or in class. Now, just the other day, um, our premier um, had announced that the in-person learning um, for all schools, public and high schools, um, will be extended to January the 25th. So, you know, with the rate of uh, in case of cases increasing of COVID-19 um, here, here in London, Ontario, and across, and across uh, the province of Ontario, um, cases have been spiking dramatically. So, you know, all schools in Southern Ontario will remain closed for in-person learning until 
until January 25th. The move by the government said was needed to protect students and staff from the surging rates of COVID-19. Welcome to the show. How are you this morning? I'm your host, Ben, from Ontario, Canada. Just a couple things to go over um, here this morning. Uh, that uh, um, all in classes. Oh, great, great. So we did. We you had you had a good week, and you're busy with work. That's awesome. Good to hear that. So, but here in Ontario. Um, we are still in our lockdown, um, which uh, hopefully will be lifted by January 25th, but that's all gonna depend on our cases um, of COVID. And we've been seeing um, a significant increase in people being infected by COVID-19, not just here in the city where I live, but all across Ontario. Um, so instead of the public schools going back to school on the 11th of January, it's been moved to January the 25th. And hopefully, you know, we start to see cases coming down and that's all going to depend. You know, it was just like, it was just like last spring. Um, you know, uh, the, the lockdown during last spring and, and schools were out for the March break. And, um, you know, they kept, you know, pushing it up, pushing it up, and over, and school's going to be out another two weeks, so on and so forth, and, you know, and then ending up just being out of school until, you know, the following September. So hopefully, you know, this doesn't um, get extended, but when you're putting up numbers, um, you know, I think it was Friday. I think it was like over 6,000 cases. When you're, when you're putting up numbers like that um, in a 24-hour period, I mean, you know, will the schools be able to go back on the 25th? You know, I really don't know. So, you know, because originally it was the 11th high schools, high school students on the 25th. So. And the other thing I was looking at too is that, you know, even last spring when, when you know, when the lockdown took place um, for online learning, um, schools helped um, families um, who otherwise didn't have access um, to a computer or a tablet, um, the internet. And you know, when schools went back, then the students, you know, they handed all that stuff back to the schools. But here we are, you know, in the same situation again. You know, and how long is this going to be on? No, you know, it can't. Virtual class can't can't replace the the, tra the uh, traditional learning. Um, but the other problem with that here with, with COVID nineteen is that. Um, the infection rates with students, um, you know, just going with public school, the ages um, 11 to 13, um, that jumped like, it was like only like 4% and it jumped well over 8% of infection rates of that age group. 
you know, we were seeing cases two weeks after school was out. Um, pretty much, I can say pretty much every school in the city where I live, um, pretty much every school had cases of COVID. Whether it was teachers, um, other staff, and students. So when the Christmas break came up, you know, they were, you know, I mean, they were scheduled to go back to school, you know, normally after the Christmas break. Um, but now only to have it extended. Um, you know, it was, it, I mean, it was tough. I mean, back in the springtime too, for, I mean, parents too, you know, um, having to become really the teacher at home. You know, making sure that, uh, you know, kids kids are doing the work. You know, my granddaughter, she's only in grade one. And uh, they still like, you know, the so, so they still get their breaks. And so when the break is over, she thinks she doesn't have to go back to online learning. You know, she wants to go do other things. She says, no, my teacher says it's okay. I could go do other things and that. So, you know, the little ones are probably harder, you know, to keep focused, you know, on the online learning than the older kids. So, you know, she thinks, you know, she's, you know, she's six years old and she thinks it's a game. So my daughter was telling, my daughter was telling me that. Kind of thought it was funny in a way, you know. She doesn't want she doesn't want to go back to online learning after after lunch. She thinks school is done. I, you know what? I really don't know how long it's going to take to get out of this. Um, with the vaccines rolling out, um, I've said this uh, time and time. Um, on my podcast that it's going to take all of us to do this. You know, it's going to take all of us to follow the rules for one. You know, even over the holidays with Christmas and New Year's, um, people gathered and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing cases out of this. Okay, and, and we're in a lockdown here in Ontario, Canada. And our cases, you know, all across, well, the whole province of Ontario um, is in a lockdown until January 25th. And we're still seeing cases. You know, Canada now has, has surpassed over 600,000 cases. And it's rising dramatically. You know, during the during the Christmas holidays, you know, we're having government officials traveling. Uh, 
Well, it does, you know, you know, not just sick, not just sick um, by the by COVID, but um, weighing in our on our mental health as well. You know, financially. So, I mean, we, I mean, now, yeah, sure, we got vaccines now, but this is going to take a while, you know, to get these vaccines rolled out. Now, our, our Prime Minister of Canada, you know, back when the vaccines were coming out and, and that, he was hoping um, that by September, of 2021 that at, you know at least three quarters of all Canadians will be vaccinated but I don't see those numbers because we're behind if the rate that we keep going with the vaccine it would take 10 years to vaccinate all Canadians we don't have 10 years. And I really appreciate, you know, the, the scientists um, working as hard as they, they did um, to get these vaccines out because they were looking years down the road. You know, we didn't think this would even be possible. You know, but the distribution of this vaccine um, on an epic scale, you know. Well, they they say well, well I don't know if that's true or not. Um, you know um, that that new strain of this virus uh, is spreading quicker, but they 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 say that it's uh, it still will be a uh, it's sorry it still will be effective. Of this new strain so you know we hear we hear maybe we know we hear it does you know this this is a wait and see when it comes to that you know um people traveling still you know like i say over the holidays you know government government uh officials traveling um Top doctors were traveling, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, government, especially with the government officials, you know, you know, traveling against the advisory of not to travel, you know, they should be practicing what they preach. Now, I'll give you one example on travel. And this individual lives here in the city of London. Um, he is a fitness instructor. He's in top-notch uh, shape. He thought he would surprise his girlfriend and take her on a vacation. When they returned, Back from the vacation, a week later, he was diagnosed with COVID-19. He's only 35 years old. He's in hospital still. A fitness instructor in great shape, diagnosed with COVID-19. 
And we've had these travel advisories out since the beginning of this pandemic, not to travel. Now he's lying in hospital and he's in and out of the ICU at the age of 35 in top-notch shape. So I don't think this can't happen to you. We had a radio personality here in the city of London. He tested positive for COVID-19. He's got a young family. So, you know, this variant of this of, of this COVID-19, you know, like you're asking me, um, you know, I don't think that, that that'll work again on the new strain. I don't know. You know, that's you know, that's something that uh, like I said is gonna have to be seen. But um so like I said, you know, with, with the uh, um Schools being closed now to to uh, January the twenty fifth. Now, when it comes to traveling, um, I mean, we're advised not to, right? I mean, we we have we have the right to to move around, move about, and um, you know, it's. You know, the Canadian government here, too, has stepped up. And um, to help Canadians financially. Now, we have uh, a recovery sick benefit that people who contract uh, the virus can get $500 a week. Now, people who are traveling, going on vacation, coming back, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And they will collect the sick benefit. They're not sick. They went on holidays, came back, and they'll have to be quarantined for 14 days. The federal government has now stepped in and that you cannot collect this sick benefit because you went on holidays. You still have to quarantine for 14 days when you return. But you think about the risk that you're taking. From traveling in the first place. The new rule here in Canada is now that if you have traveled outside of this country and before you return here, you have to have the COVID test done 72 hours prior to your flight. You have to have either uh, an electronic copy of a negative test or the paper showing that you have had, had a negative test. And then you can board the flight and come back to Canada. 
and you still have to isolate for 14 days. So we've already had people um, refu refuse to get on, like they were stopped from getting on the flight because they had no proof that they've had the, the test be before departure. Hey, how you doing there from Idaho? I've been there, Bozy, Idaho, in my long haul trucking days. And that. So, you know, our government here in Canada is, is you know, making it, not making it harder for people to return home, trying to make it safer. You know, we want to make sure that you are negative before we return to Canada, you know? But going on holidays and coming back and collecting this sick benefit was absolutely appalling. You know? You know, why, why should taxpayers pay you $500 a week for, for two weeks? because you went on holidays. You know, that's ridiculous. So the government here in Canada has put a stop to that. It's only meant for people who have contracted the virus. It's only meant for people who are caring for somebody who is sick from the virus or yourself. You contracted the virus, you'd be able to collect the $500 a week. What else did I have on up here? You know, what, what are, um, I mean, what are you doing for you for yourselves in order to, you know, protect yourself? You know, are you following the rules? You know, are you are you going out? You know, put the mask on, sanitize your hands, social distance, not gathering in large groups. You know, and gentlemen who asked me, how long do you think it would take us to get out of this? Well, like I said, it's going to depend on all of us, right? It's going to depend on all of us to follow the rules. Now, in Quebec, here in Canada, uh, let's see, Quebec is starting their curfew. Starting this evening in the province of Quebec. Well, you know, 
when it comes to mask wearing, um, I don't maybe if you if you notice this or not. Um, this is this is also flu season, and flu cases are down dramatically, almost non-existent. So it really isn't a formality in, 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 in a sense. You know, so wearing that mask and staying, you know, six feet apart. Imagine, imagine during, never mind COVID for a second, but imagine just the regular flu, flu season. If everybody wore a mask during flu season, the numbers would almost be non-existent. Now, how people, you know, are, are getting it, I have, have no idea. You know, like I said, uh, you know, one of our radio personalities here in the city where I live, um, he tested positive. And, um, you know, he said that he was, you know, he was the one that um, went to the grocery store or he had to go to the drugstore or, you know, whatever errands that he had to run. He, he did all the errands for the family. You know, so where and how uh, people are, are contracting COVID-19 I don't know. I could I, I consider myself, you know, very lucky so far. You know, I still drive transport. I do I do um, city. I don't cross the border anymore. I haven't crossed the border in probably about six years. But I've come come in contact, you know, with people you know, in the shipping and receiving, you know, on a daily basis, paperwork exchanging hands. You know, I use my, I use my own pen. I have sanitizer in my truck. I wear my mask. You know, I guess I'd maybe just consider myself lucky. And for those who have not con contracted this, COVID-19, you know, um, don't think it can't happen to you. You know, don't think that you're immune to this. You know, there's still a possibility. I'm taking every precaution that you can. I have elderly parents that live in a retirement home. I'm an essential caregiver to them. Along, along with my oldest brother, only two from the family can be an essential caregiver. We are allowed to go into the retirement home, only two of us, not at the same time. And thank God there hasn't been any outbreaks in the, re in the retirement home that they're in since this pandemic began. Where other retirement homes and nursing homes 
it is taking a toll on an epic level. So I keep my fingers crossed every single day. Now this curfew in, 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 in uh, Quebec starts at 8 p.m. tonight and it runs till 5.30 in the morning. Now, as this uh, curfew uh, takes effect across Quebec on Saturday, it's necessary to prevent the healthcare system from reaching a tipping point that could leave the most seriously ill patients without necessary care. So our health, our, our hospitals um, are obviously filling up and um, we certainly want, you know, we want to, uh, to prevent that. Now I was watching the news the other day and here in the city um, at one of our major hospitals, um, they put a refrigerated trailer at the hospital. Now we've seen this across the United States and that, so here in, in the city of London where I live, we don't have a city morgue. The hospitals have the morgue and they're not very big. They hold maybe nine bodies at a time. And that's just people passing away from, you know, natural causes. So people get frightened, you know, when they, when they see this, you know, it's like people are just dropping like flies. You know, that's not the that's not the case here. And that our morgues and hospitals are not very big. So they gotta put, you know, body somewhere. So I mean there's no alarm sounding, you know, because they put a refrigerated trailer you know, at the hospital. It's an overflow, basically, is what it is. So, but the cases here in Canada, you know, from, from the beginning to now, you know, we're looking over, just over six, 635,000 cases here in Canada. Um, with a little over 16,000 deaths since the start of the pandemic. So something's, something's working, but these cases are still going up. Um, now with this curfew uh, going on starting in Quebec, our, our premier of Ontario, um, said yesterday that they may be looking at other um, measures to help curve um, COVID-19. And curfew 
had come into the conversation. It could potentially happen here in Ontario. So, and then with this curfew, like leading up to this curfew, you know, people in, in Quebec are, you know, kind of like, you know, what's essential and what's not essential. Well, we know what, what, um, what isn't essential, what are not essential businesses. And we know what our essential businesses are. So, the province has, they announced earlier this week that the curfew will apply to all Quebec residents except for those who fall into certain exempted categories, such as essential workers. Right? So, if, if, you, if you have to go to, if you're working in healthcare, um you're working in manufacturing um you're working um at a at a gas station um you're working at a drugstore now for shopping wise when it comes to the grocery stores with this with this curfew coming in Quebec all the grocery stores will have to close at 7.30 p.m. So you have all day from morning until 7.30 to get your groceries. So, and of course, you know, there's there's stores um, that, um, are attached to the gas stations, obviously, because you go in to pay, they'll be remaining open, open as well. But what comes with this curfew, if you are out in a boat and that you don't fall under the category of what they've set out, you could face a fine of $1,000 to $6,000. Now, Quebec here in, in uh, Canada, the province of Quebec, they have the highest case, the highest case count of COVID in all of Canada. And their numbers are just keep quadrupling on a daily basis in Quebec. Ontario, where I live, is not far behind. So a curfew could well be coming here to Ontario. Household gatherings are, are um, illegal, except if you're uh, uh, living by yourself, you can go to one household of, of a family member. And of course, if, you know, they say the household limit is five, but I mean, people have a family, you know, who have six people that live in that household or seven people that live in that household. I mean, just 
just in the household, nobody else from the outside. In our lockdown here in Ontario, you know, is until January the 25th, depending on if our numbers start dropping dramatically, but I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see that happening really. You know, the way our numbers are going up. Just here in Ontario. So we could potentially see a curfew coming. And it'll be pretty much look like uh, the one in uh, Quebec that starts tonight. So there can't be any, you know, there, 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 there can't be um, any confusion of, of what deemed um, essential and what's non-essential. We've been this through, we've been through this before. On the first lockdown back in, back last March, only essential services were allowed to be open. And the same thing is going to apply with this curfew in Quebec. You know, because, I mean, do you really need to go to another household? You, you need to, you need to really gather outside of the uh, of the household you want to go see your friends you want to go see your girlfriend you want to go see your mistress you know is it absolutely necessary you know to try to get out of this, you know, at the rate we're going at, trying to get out of this, you know, I could see, I could see potentially another year. You know, we kiss 2020 goodbye and we don't want 2021 be like 2020, but we have picked up where we have left off. With lockdowns all over Canada. What, I mean, I mean, we can say, what, what do we want our governments to do? You know, then we can ask, what do we want our citizens to do? You know, then you, then, then you have, you know, the, uh, the mask slacker. People gathering in large groups protesting. 
not wearing a mask, not social distancing. You can protest, you know, as long as it's, you know, peacefully. But is that helping matters? No, it's not helping matters. You know, I was reading an article the other day, you know, and um, there's this, there's this nurse and she works in a neonatal unit in the hospital. And you know what neonatal is? She's an anti-masker. She's a protester. And she's generally on social media, you know, mocking this pandemic. And she works, and she works with babies that are no bigger than the palm of your hand. She's on, she's on leave now because of her last fiasco, a non-pay leave, and potentially could be losing her job. So, you know, we have to be careful of what we say and what we do. Yes, you can protest. But if you're going to protest, do it peacefully, do it respectfully, do it safely. You know, because the longer we stay in this and our cases keep going up, who are you going to blame for it? Are you going to blame those anti-maskers? I call them the, the, the mass slackers. Are you going to blame those people for gathering in large groups, not social distancing and protesting? Are you going to blame those people that, that come into public buildings, not wearing a mask, causing a scene? And you're out there every day doing everything right. So who are you going to blame? We can't get out of this if we don't all work together. If people think that um, with the with the um, vaccines rolling out, if people think that this is going to take only six months to to vaccinate a country, 
you got another thing coming. Just imagine how long it's going to take to vaccinate the United States. Now, that's if you want the vaccination. You don't, you don't have to get vaccinated. You have that choice. But why wouldn't you? And the rate that we're going here in Canada, you know, we have no control over that um, for the vaccine uh, vaccine rollout. <clears throat> you know, they are obviously starting with the most vulnerable people, our elderly people, the nursing homes, the retirement homes healthcare professionals, and so on and so forth. You know, um, anybody else outside that field who is not um, in that profession, like the regular population, you know, we gotta wait our turn. And the vaccines can only roll in as, as you know as fast as they can. We have no control over that. I want everything that everybody wants. You know, back to normal. You know, going, going back, you know, being able to go back to the bars, going to the movies, going to restaurants, you know, having that, having that night out with our friends or that good time at the beach or at the cottage. Being able to walk out your front door without even worrying about even having a mask on. But even though these vaccines are rolling out and for as long as it takes, wearing a mask isn't going anywhere. Same with social distancing, same with sanitizing your hands. Same with large gatherings. All these measures are going to stay in place. Throughout the vaccinations. And for as long as it takes. Lockdowns. You know, it's. For those you know, who are an, who, who are not an essential worker. You know, and families. And, and it, you know, it, 
you know, even with in the family household, you have an essential worker, then you and then you have a non-essential worker. So now only one person is able to um, provide. Still, with this lockdown, um, people are still be able to collect their EI. There's, they still are able to collect the five hundred dollars a week. during this lockdown. So that's gonna help them as well within still having an essential worker in the household. But it still is weighing on all of us. Yes, I get to go to work. but it's still weighing on me. Because we're restricted. We're restricted in what we can do. We're restricted where we can go. You know, my daughter is not an essential worker. She's laid off. Her husband is laid off. Two children. You know, and that weighs on me. You know, because it puts them in a peculiar place financially. I help them out. And if there's somebody that you can help, you know, if you can, you know, help them out. But it, you know, the, the other, I mean, lockdowns just cause uh, so many different problems, you know, mentally, financially, abuse, and so on. Whether it's physical, mental, you know, it's a problem. Here, you know, in the city that I live, you know, when we were able to, when we were able to go to the bars or just a restaurant, you know, um, they did contact tracing. Only so many people allowed at a table. And so when you arrived, you know, they took your name, took your telephone number. You had to wear the mask to your table. You're only allowed five at a table. You can remove your mask at the table. until you left. I don't recall one restaurant having an outbreak. Not one. 
other places of business, grocery stores, and so on, and Walmarts and Costco's. Yes, there's been outbreaks. But not one in a restaurant. And they have to close. Big box stores are allowed to sell non-essential items. Where the little guy who sells non-essential items have to close. You know, Walmart's allowed to be open because they sell groceries. Costco's allowed to open because they sell groceries. And they sell other items, obviously. Small hardware stores, you can do curbside pickup. You know, any electronic stores, you can do curbside pickup. You know, there's a lot of online ordering going on, like never before, it's like never seen before. You know, and if you are, you know, you're the online shopper, you're, you're waiting for your stuff to be delivered, you know, watch out for those porch pirates. We had one. It was it was it was posted. Uh, it was posted up on 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 media, and this was in I think it was Bram, uh, uh, Bramford, Ontario. They they drove they they you know they drove right into the driveway, got out, went on the porch, grabbed the package. The owner of the house opened the door. And has them on 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 camera. They jump into the car, reverse, and they get stuck in a snowbank. And they even tried to get out to push it out of the snowbank, and they couldn't push the car out of the snowbank. That was the funniest thing I ever seen. You know, so watch out for those people. You know, if you're online, if you're shopping online and having packages delivered to your home, you know, watch out for the porch pirates. And that so, but still, um, be safe out there, everybody, you know, because we don't know. We don't know what's coming our way, you know, and we don't know, you know, what other measures, you know, our government officials are going to take. You know, like I said, Quebec is, is gone, has gone to the point of a of a, a curfew. It starts tonight at eight p.m. and runs through to five a.m. So don't be one of those people out there if you live in Quebec. Don't be one of those people out there 
and you're not supposed to be. You know, I think there might be some forgiveness for the first, you know, few days of this curfew, you know, until everybody get, you know, understands what's essential and what's not essential. I think the cops will give you a break. I don't think they're going to start slapping you with a thousand dollar fine. You know, and maybe it's best if you're an essential worker and you're going to work. Or maybe your shift ends at three o'clock in the morning that you have a, a letter on a letterhead from the company you work for stating that you are an essential worker. So you don't, you know, you get pulled over on the way home at three or four in the morning coming home from work. You can prove that, yes, I'm going home from work. So over this weekend, I guess here in Ontario, we're going to have to wait for the an announcement on Monday of what our Ontario premier um, just going to talk about whether it's going to be a curfew imposed on us here in Ontario along with this lockdown. So, you know, I'm off this weekend and um, it sucks, you know. can't go into the shopping malls you can't you know I, there's nothing I need in a big box store you know so I'll be staying put you know I won't be going over to, to uh, any friends places or anything like that you know, like I say, I'm allowed to see my parents because I'm an essential caregiver for them. So I can go there and that's about it. You know, we work all week and, you know, Saturday nights usually, you know, I feel as we'll uh, go out to the, to the local bar to listen to a live band. You know, that ain't happening. Who knows when that's going to happen again, right? Who knows when you're going to be able to see a live band in your local pub or bar or concert. Who knows when that's going to happen again? Go see your favorite sport. We'll see your, you know, anything like that. Who knows when that's going to happen? I don't foresee it this summer at all. I don't think there'll be any large outdoor gatherings this coming summer. It still be maybe another year before that happens. 
But like I say, we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen, all of us, all over the world. And it's up to us how this is going to play out. So let's get those thank yous, ladies and gentlemen, out to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, and our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my guests on my show today, my followers, and those who will listen later. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Thank you.